be with the coach. Tomorrow. D20 Radio, your gamers' role. Hello and welcome to another episode of Transmissions from the Ninth World. With me today, as always, is Eric Coates. Howdy. And unfortunately, our uh, other wingman, uh, Jim Ryan, is unable to make it due to illness. But we have a guest that I have hyped a little bit already, so it might not come as a surprise to some listeners. But here he is, Colin McComb, creative lead of Torment, Tides of Numenera. How's it going, everybody? <sighs> that was my, my crouch here. Okay, yeah, cue sound effects. Yes, yeah, yes. We, we don't have any sound bites. Uh, we just make them up as we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Been working me, for us. Quick sidebar here. Are you guys familiar with the Bob and Doug McKenzie LP? Yes. Yes. Oh, and welcome to You Are Our Guest. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Well, welcome, Colin. And it's a supreme pleasure to have you on the show. Absolutely. Um, obviously, uh, the Kickstarter for your game is uh, coming to its completion in the next, what, couple weeks. And so it's a, a great opportunity to t- talk to you about it. Uh, and explain to those who have been listening to the podcast because they've been interested in the Numenera RPG, um, all the yummy Numenera goodness that's going to be in your game. So um, we're going to skip the Numenera news segment that we normally do because really right now the game that we're going to talk about is the news um, and get right into it. You okay with that, Eric? I am absolutely dandy with it. Okay, groovy. Well, uh, again, welcome to the show. Um, now for those not in the know, Colin, uh, and call me out, correct me if I have any of these facts wrong, but, uh, oh, I will, yeah, <laughs> you I will for, come uh, to where you live. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tracing this call right now. Uh, um, so you he's work- in the house. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> that's good. That's good. No, uh, you worked for TSR back in the, uh, 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 early to mid nineties. Right. Um, Correct. and I guess that's how you, uh, met and wor- worked with Monty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, obviously big question is, um, from what I read, you got your start at TSR pretty early, like right out of college. How did that come about? Well, it was, uh, you know, I've been, I've been a gamer since, uh, since 1980, you know, I was 10 years old. My brother came back from a friend's house with, uh, you know, talking about, dragons and piles of treasure and magical pools and i was so excited that i just <laughs> bugged my mom yeah oh god I, I bugged my mom so hard for so long that when she came home with the dmg and the player's handbook i, I probably just like exploded nice um, <laughs> i want to kill first, dragons <laughs> yeah so my first adventure uh was in search of the unknown uh nice. in nice yeah yeah, B1. I still have fond memories of my brother tricking me into diving into an acid pool. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we all been tricked into acid pools before? Well, we yeah. have. Uh, it happens. So I, I, I discovered that, you know, I, I found out that people actually, you know, could make games for a living. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, wait a second. This isn't just Gary Gygax, you know, pulling all of this out of his magical head. This is, look at that. And there's Zeb Cook. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Jeff Grubb, oh my God, you can be, you can design for a living. This will be my job. <laughs> and so I did, you know, basically nothing to further that uh, because I was, you know, 14, 15 years old. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I, I just kept playing and uh, went to college and I got a philosophy degree and people are all like, oh, you got a philosophy degree. Start practicing. You want a prize with that? Ho, ho. Because uh, <laughs> that's so philosophical. <laughs> that, that, that's right. Well, you know, I, because philosophy majors would never get a job. So I was yeah. delighted when I, uh, well, okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> February, February rolls around and people are like, so what are you doing after college? I'm like, I have no idea. You want fries with that? Yeah. Um, that is and, technically a philosophical question, isn't it? I, I it, it is. Sort of is. <laughs> um, but I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to take a shot at this. And I wrote up to TSR and I said, Hey, you guys need any designers or anything? And they sent me back the complete Vikings handbook and said, write an adventure based around this. Wow. And I was like, why? what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I slaved away on that thing and I sent it in and I was like, well, okay. I, you know, it's like buying a lottery ticket, you know, you dream for a little bit and you're like, okay, well, it's not actually going to happen, but you know, we can imagine what would happen if it did. Sure. Um, and then I got another letter saying, would you be available to come up for an interview to Lake Geneva? Awesome. Nice. And by the way, you're going to have to design another adventure here so that we know you're the right person and, you know, the same person who wrote that other one for us. Sure. <laughs> That's great. Or to sit you yeah. in a room with all of us and just watch you write. Exactly. They're all just sitting there staring at me, <laughs> tapping their pencil. So I went up there and I did that. And, you know, then I had the whole lottery speech with myself again uh, when I went home. And, you know, like a week later, Carol Hubbard, the HR director of TSR, called me and said, we would like to offer you a job. Oh, nice. Very nice. I bet that that is a moment etched into your brain forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I resisted the urge to run around to everybody who asked me to practice do you want fries with that to say so how's how's, how's your post-college job hunt going good <laughs> i got my dream job yeah. yeah this is this is the thing that i've been wanting to do all my life and uh what are you doing yeah yeah, yeah. but I bet, because I bet you, i'm i bet you not, were tad smug at uh, uh high school reunions I'm just kidding. I, I would be, except except that I'm also bald. So, uh, uh, God and his God tricks. Said. Yes, I understand that quite well. Um, so, obviously, at TSR, you had some really awesome uh, experiences, and specifically, you were part of the team that took over from Zeb Cook on Planescape, which incorporated a, a young maverick called Monty Cook. Mm-hmm. And uh, you also worked on Birthright, which I've never actually played, but never heard anything but really good stuff about um, what the the premise behind that was. Can can you kind of tie that in? And, and pardon my ignorance. It's it's uh, I was uh, I was alone in the world playing games for many years, and then came back to it later. So wait, you you haven't been following my career all along? No, what's, I'm sorry. I'm what sorry. sort of a person are you? Oh, <laughs> we, we never did uh, get the newsletter. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I, we can blame Lorraine for that then, I guess. <laughs> um, basically, uh, what, what Birthright was, they said, okay, you know what, we've been talking all this time about uh, about you know player characters going off and doing really cool things, but what if we have players in charge of things? And so we basically had to come up with a setting of what happens if the players are in charge. How do we make a hook for this? 
Well, anyway, Rich Baker and I uh, invented a story where, you know, essentially the gods exploded and passed off, uh, passed off their divine right, essentially, into the people who were battling around them. Um, and these people then used that power to tap into the natural energy of the world around them and thus became rulers of realms. Um, and and each, uh, each individual class has specific powers that they can, you know, either use to subvert or to help with the development of the realm. And uh, so it, it turned. It went back to uh, back to D and D's uh, wargaming base a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing some of the um, the stuff with that. And did that work any with uh, battle system? Wasn't there kind of a tie to that too? Uh, there uh, was a tie. That was that was that was after my time, though. I yeah, think. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Very cool. Um, all right. Now I gotta ask. Um, and, and just to give you a little background. I was in first ed D, first ed D and D. Didn't get around much. Uh, and just as second ed was coming in, I, I was, I was kind of out girls kind of drug me away from it. Um, <laughs> I, I learned better, um, uh, came back to that, but, um, what's with the complete book of L's and why, why did they make you give an apology? What was that all about? Well, there, you know, there, let me first say that I appreciate everybody who found it funny. Like it was supposed to be as yeah, opposed yeah, yeah. to, you know, let us, Seriously. let us all remember, <laughs> don't read the comments. Yeah. Yeah, I reading reading the comments on there, I'm like, wow, you guys just have spectacularly missed the joke. <laughs> and I, I felt a little bad, and I want to go in and say, look, guys, look, I'm sorry that you thought you were going to get a real apology for, for this. <laughs> um, I get it. That's- yeah. Um, so, so, so basically, the, the the deal with Complete Book of Elves is that you know I was young uh, and I didn't really know much about game balance and how to how to design systems properly. Um, and so I basically said, oh, you know, it'd be really cool is if we had, I mean, let's make these guys really, just really super sweet. These guys are going to be great. So you were an artist. And, uh, <laughs> I wanted to give them a really good story hook. Now I was really more a story gamer. Um, yeah, and okay. I, you know, I thought that, I thought that story gaming would win out over power. I got gaming. you. And, you I know, you. I didn't realize that there, yeah, I didn't realize there are so many groups out there that, you know, they would say, <laughs> well, it's in the rules here that it says this and the DM couldn't be like, okay, well, it also says in the rules here that you have to do this. Gotcha. So, so you were expecting the GMs to play a little stronger role than they did in uh, uh, kind of backing some of the uh, elements that you were trying to make the complete picture with. Yeah, it, well, and not only that, I mean, it, it just wasn't a strong design. And, you know, I, I honestly am a little ashamed of how powerful I made the elves. <laughs> the elves are so cool. But I'm not going to say that. No. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, Never so let's admit. move on. Um, so Wait, you, you don't moved... edit out that part. No, no, I won't. <laughs> uh, so, Wait, no. so, so you moved on from TSR to Interplay. How did uh, that uh, transition uh, come about? Um, let's see. Well, in nineties, uh, I guess it was a uh, late, early ninety six. I guess it was. Um, I had started dating this girl from California, and I was like, you know, I kind of had it for. For working for TSR, yeah, uh, the 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 management there. I mean, which is the coast bought it shortly after I left, right? Which says, so they, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it was the management was really going downhill, and you know, no matter no matter what kind of a good fight the creative people could put up, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm talking about Jim Ward, Tim Brown, David Wise, you know, all those guys uh, mm-hmm. who were basically trying to protect us from the wall of crap coming down. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they couldn't do it. Um, yeah. So I said I had enough. And it turns out that Interplay was licensing uh, a bunch of a bunch of our titles. 
So David Wise, uh, the creative director at the time, introduced me to Fergus Urquhart, who was the director of Black Isle Studios. Absolutely. And he Legend. decided to hire me. Yeah, exactly. Legend. Um, yeah, I, I, totally. I mean, you worked at two places that, had I been a little older, would have killed to have worked at um, TSR uh, and then Black Isle Studios. I mean, both of those groups produce some of the key materials to my geekdom um and and the hits from uh black isles were immense um you know obviously boulder's gate and uh icewind dale series and then you get into the uh, fallout which was just phenomenal you know phenomenal and and which you played a part in fallout too is that correct Uh, that is correct cool um i you know it it wasn't my best work so i yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. Um, I, I I learned stuff about it, but sure. you know, I, it, I think it of worse things that came out around then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, it was a it was it was a tremendous experience. But you know, the the thing that I am really most proud of there was working on Planescape Torment. Yes. Well, and that's really what uh, leads into a lot of this. So, talk to us about that Planescape Torment. What was your role and and um you know, what was, what, what was kind of elements that you can kind of speak to that you had a, a part in and flavored it? All right. Well, I, uh, as, uh, as I was saying, you know, Fergus hired me on the strength of my, uh, on my Planescape connection, yep. um, because, you know, I was one of the main developers after Zev left. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they wanted my expertise there with them. Um, and they, they actually hired me to be the lead designer for a PlayStation game, uh, that would have been similar to Kingsfield. Hmm. Um, yeah, unfortunately that, you know, I, there were like three people on that project and at some point somebody in the executive office woke up and said, wait a second, we're doing three Planescape titles. What the (laughs) hell are we thinking? (laughs) So they, uh, they, they canceled mine and they canceled Zeb Cooks and they rolled his team into, uh, they just turned that into Stonekeep 2 and they, uh, sent me over to work on a project that was called Last Rites at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was a, that was a pretty small project still at the time. There were like six people on the project and I was the second designer added. Um, and it turns out that we turned into Planescape Torment. Nice. Um, so, um, I was basically Chris's second in command, I guess there. Um, and I was in charge of helping wrangle the story and some of the other designers, um, and making sure that we stuck with the Planescape canon. Very nice. Um, and, and that game has won, you know, accolades across the board, um, has always been named in the, the, one of the best, if not the best on several lists, uh, CRPGs ever, um, which I think, and, and some of those lists have been very recent. So that says a lot about how that game has stand the test of time. And I think a large reason why you guys have gotten the stellar response on your Kickstarter, but we'll, we'll get to that. But, um, you know, how do you feel about that kind of general reaction both kind of critical and uh, i don't know mass wise if it, if you know game selling wise it did as well but definitely critically it was well lauded yeah um you know i thought it was a really fantastic game even as we were working on it um i i, I think that I, we, we had a really great team and chris poured his heart and soul into that and i'm toward the toward the end of that project i was working 100 hour weeks as well um, you know, I, everybody, everybody was just so excited about this and everybody really believed it. It's not like, you know, we were shoveling out, you know, the next iteration 
version of, you know, Barbie goes to the beach or something. We were, we were creating something new and different, you know, and, uh, at the time, people didn't believe in Planescape as as a license. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, "Oh, it was you know just some crappy little world that TSR did because they wanted to be edgy." Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you guys are just appropriating in it, and it's oh, look at this! You got all this you know street slang, and you're trying to sound all clever and deep <laughs> and philosophical, and you know Planescape is never going to sell. And when when it shipped, I mean, even before it shipped, we I think we knew we had something special. Um, you know, some of the early reviews came in; they weren't great, and we're like, "Wow, did did we just totally misinterpret this?" Yeah. Uh, and then suddenly, the other reviews started pouring in. People were like, "Oh my god, this is going to change my life!" Yeah. And you know, as as a designer, there is there is really nothing better. Yeah, I I, I, I can't imagine. Oh, <laughs> go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, I, I can imagine how, how much it would like just be such a boon to you to hear people say that kind of stuff. I mean, it would just, uh, you know, being a web designer myself, that's <laughs> to hear that people really enjoy what you put out and it, it like helps them through their life and, and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's good to hear. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I was yeah. going to say the opposite. I can't imagine being part of something so creative stellar and having you know it's like giving birth to a, a child i'm sure mm. when you release it to the world and and the reaction so uh it must have been just stellar to hear that the great news yeah i mean it's uh it, it's really scary to do though too at the same time because you know this is you know something that you're you're pulling up from the innermost core of yourself and you're putting out and you're like okay i hope you like it and if you know people don't like it then you're like well i guess i suck <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine just putting your soul out like that is, is tough, but obviously you, you, you did well yeah. and, and people responded well and, and it's still talked about today, what, 14 years after its release. I mean, that's, that's pretty stellar. Um, and, yeah, and nuts. yeah. Uh, and then the fact, you know, it's now available on GOG, which is sites like that. I love because, you know, they bring those classic games in a, you know, I, I actually I have in my hands literally the original four disc edition of uh, Planescape Torment. I own everything that Black Isle ever did, including Lionheart. And um, <laughs> I love I mean, I just loved their stuff. It was so good. Even if I wasn't one of those great guys who actually completes things, um, I was a collector and, yeah. and had every single one of them. <laughs> and nice. uh, just absolutely fantastic. Planescape is probably I can literally say that was probably the game I came closest to completing <laughs> game I've ever played. Um, Wait, you, you didn't make it a transcendent one? Oh my God. That was like one of the best parts of the game, man. I know, I know. But luckily, GOG exists and can bring it back. And, and that's what I was going to say. I tried to load the original four disc and my Windows 8 machine said, yeah, no. So uh, thank God for GOG. <laughs> um, but uh, and, and uh, even specifically on GOG, you know, they've got those, uh, the, un- the extra missions and stuff, the unfinished business stuff are you, are you aware of that are you familiar with what they've done there yeah um actually uh they they got a hold of me to find out if there was anything additional that i had that i would like to send over um i pointed them to a couple of bugs that i knew existed in my documentation mm. um and i i passed over well wait no did i send that stuff over i didn't i just told them about it um but they uh you know i i i worked with them for a little bit and he said do you want to do you want to flesh out anything else here and i was like ah, you know i I'd love to, but I'm also up to my neck in like three different projects. So I, I, I wish I could, but I don't have the time. No, no, that's, that's, no, that's what's there is nice. And, you know, 
that kind of flushes out some things that from what I've read are, are kind of uh, almost there and, and kind of of buried in the code and just had to kind of be pulled out and tied together so um mm-hmm. i love stuff like that it really uh you know adds a nice level and, and they've got lots of lots of nice features like you know updating it to modern resolutions and stuff like that so if anybody yeah. hasn't played it and i've heard about it and, and doing it definitely check it out on gog um it's well worth your time um yeah it's it's great seeing you know what the what the responses are to it there as well i'm like, like okay you know but it actually still looks like it holds up. I'm really happy about that. Yeah, you know, more and more, I really think that somehow, some way, we need to come around that whole discussion of you know, games truly are works of art, uh, and and several games need to be totally identified as you know milestones in that artwork. And I would not hesitate to say Planescape Torment is is high up there in justifiably you know proving that point. Easily, very easily. Uh, you know, was, uh, I was, I, I was just, uh, just reading an article, uh, not the other day, like several months back, about I guess uh, the LA County Museum of Contemporary Art uh, is housing a video game center. Maybe it's MoMA. Yeah, I don't know. There's oh, nice. uh, some, some, some big, uh, some big museum is yeah housing housing mm-hmm. video games now. Yeah, I mean, uh, to the point of you know these things need to be kept you know available and you know, enshrined and, and uh, anyways, I'll get off my soapbox, but uh, it's a great game and, and really should be proud of everything you did for it. And makes me all the more excited to talk about what we're really here to talk about. Monty. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 torment tides of Numenera, obviously the Kickstarter campaign wrapping up um, just to hit some of the, the facts for those who haven't been keeping up with it. Uh, you guys have set the records for most raised in the first 24 hours, although was beaten a week later by the Veronica Mars movie. But how can you compete with Kristen? Yeah, 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 you can't. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, sorry. Yeah, but no, I'm that, not was, going to. that was that was pretty stellar, especially for a video game. You know, um, you guys made your goal in like six hours. Um, I, be- I believe Kevin said seven hours and two minutes. Technically. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, a little, okay. Um, then what nearly 55k backers at this point uh so yeah you guys are just about uh to three million uh right now although i just read brian fargo said on uh uh, twitter that you guys are actually over that including the paypal dollars yeah we've got uh 200,000 more so we are very very close to the roth the stretch goal oh and that's that's what that nice thing is you guys are doing adding extra writers uh to the team for their your stretch goals you've already Gotten uh, Mer Lafferty, Tony Evans, Monty Cook, of course, George Zeitz, uh, Brian Mitsoda, and now you're saying we're close to Pat Rothfuss. Nice. Yeah. He's in at yeah, uh, 0.25 million, and then at 3.5, you guys get uh, uh, Chris on. I, I am so excited about this. Uh, I, I I can't tell you when uh, when I when I met when I met. At, at Gen Con last year, I told him there was, you know, the very faint possibility we might be able to get Torment going again. And he said, I am in. If I if I can be in that, I will be in. And then, you know, we tried and tried and we finally managed to work something out. Uh as far as the as far as the Avalon get, we didn't think we could get him. Um he was, he's just awesome. yeah, especially with uh was it uh, Project uh, Eternity. Uh that's pretty yeah. awesome. Uh, that's yeah, another they're, they're, he's 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 such a busy guy that you know we're like okay we we just need to work something out so we can get into your schedule because everybody everybody on the team loves chris he's a fantastic guy and 
as far as as far as game design goes, the dude is just a star. He is fantastic. He is really, really smart, really insightful. Yeah, and no, I guess that's where I'm going are, to stop so he doesn't punch me. Both of those are great kids. <laughs> uh, I read uh, Pat's whole post about uh, your guy's relationship and him uh, uh, getting involved in the project, and it sounds like he's as excited about it as you are. So that's awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, Chris. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. Sorry. No, Sorry, no, no. I was just going to say, Chris, Chris is obviously, you know, uh, what they're doing with Oblivion and, and all the other games he's been involved in. It's, it's a, it's going to be a fantastic team. I, I could just imagine the exuberance of working with all of them and you as the creative leave. And I, I'm assuming that part of your job is corralling and, and fitting the pieces together. Yeah. And, uh, that's, uh, that, that's going to be a bit of a challenge. Um, because, you know, I, I get into the room with Pat Rothfuss and Chris Avalon, I'm like, hey guys, tell my story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so intimidating. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I not to not to you know be you know not to put down the contributions of the others because they're you know exceptional professionals as well. And you know this is one of those cases where you get into a room and you're like, I'm kind of a fraud. Yeah. And nah, wait, I'm not. Yeah, I. I, I I know. I, I mean, technically, I, I shouldn't be doing that. I've been doing this for 20 years, but, but I, you know, I'm, I'm always afraid that somebody's going to be like, ha ha, we caught you. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, this is, this is such a, it's such a fun job. It doesn't feel, it, it feels like it should not be considered work. I, and it is a lot of work because I'm sitting at my computer for, you know, upwards of 12 hours a day. Sure. But, well, and, um, and, and a lot of what I've also read is, is how much, you guys who have done the pre-work to get this Kickstarter really put your your reputations and your jobs and probably even, you know, dollars on the line to make this happen. And, and obviously seeing it pay off and this great response has got to be, you know, uh, fulfilling and, and self-reassuring. Yeah, I, absolutely. And a lot of credit for this needs to go to Kevin Saunders because he, you know, he's going to try to stay behind the scenes. I'm going to pull him out if at all possible. Um, but to just get in front of people because you know, he's fantastic. I mean, he has done a lot of work doing laying the groundwork, uh, doing the research on the other Kickstarters, setting up the stretch goals, figuring out, you know, what we can do to help bump stuff up during the traditional lull and the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be totally remiss in not mentioning also Adam Heine and Thomas Beakers, who have been working behind the scenes. Um, and then also, uh, you know, Brian Fargo has just been a fantastic cheerleader. Yeah, absolutely. I've been watching his Twitter stuff from, from day one and definitely, you know, pulled me in when I heard it was coming and he was involved and, and I look back and I had missed the, the Wasteland 2 thing. I, I actually uh, bought a pre-sell on it because I, I had missed the original Kickstarter because uh, Eric's our Kickstarter guy. And, uh, I, I had, didn't get into a lot of stuff. In fact, he's the one who got me, Eric's the one who got me to even notice the, the, the Numenera one. Thank God he did. Uh, I'm sure you sure you sure you would have noticed it eventually after you know, Monty tweeted it several times. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But um, still, it, it's it's definitely a game that I'm uber excited about. Obviously, from all I've been involved in, in trying to help share the story of it, but uh, it, it's definitely important to me in my life now. But so about the game. Um, so who who brought the whole kind of team together to to, to say, hey, let's do this Kickstarter? Well, uh, boy, I'm going to have to go back a little bit in time here. Um, you know, with after uh, after Wasteland did so well on Kickstarter last year, um, 
and uh, Double Fine, Double Fine uh, did so well on theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Avalone and Steve Dengler, who was you know one of uh, one of our super fans, um, mm-hmm. got together and said, "Okay, you know what? Let's find out what it would take to get the Planescape license, and and we're, we're going to do a successor to Planescape Torment." Um, and and so we tried, <laughs> well, we, uh, contacted, we tried to get a hold of, uh, you know, the people in charge of the Planescape license and that just basically went nowhere. Right. Um, and after, after, you know, several months of not really getting anywhere with that, we finally just said, you know what, screw it, I'm out. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, that, that sort of just laid to the side for a while until uh, a Eurogamer chat that brought us together for a Planescape retrospective. Uh, Adam and Chris and I and Scott Warner, who was uh, one of the junior designers on Planescape Torment, now the lead designer for Halo 4. Mm. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, moved, he's moved up. <laughs> um, but, what's, I'm sorry. What's but we, uh, you know, we, we got on. Uh, yeah, Halo, it's, you know, it's, it's an indie game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so anyway we uh you know we we were talking about that and chris had been working for a little bit on wasteland at that point and so after the the uh the podcast was over you know we stayed on skype for a little bit and i was talking to chris and i said yeah you know i hear that you guys are possibly looking for writers let brian know i'm available um and brian called me up a couple of days later um and then you know he liked the work i was doing on wasteland enough and that you know i guess back in may he had bought the torment ip and i was a you know he liked my work enough that he was willing to take that chance on me Um, um, simultaneously uh in october um kevin saunders was laid off from a company called alelo um that was doing serious games Hmm. um like language training for the navy and the marines Hmm. um but he got laid off and chris uh chris said Hey, hey, I know somebody who's possibly going to be making a game that you would like, Kevin, since you were the lead designer on Neverwinter Nights 2, Mask of the Betrayer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, got, he's got a really impressive pedigree, and I'm, I'm surprised that more people haven't heard his name. Yeah, um, no. that's a, that's, I've heard nothing but good things. I, I had not played uh, that, that one, uh, although, but the first Neverwinter I was a, a big, big fan of. So Yeah, I, I have yeah, every, I, every Neverwinter piece of software that exists i own <laughs> well we've we've got a lot of the neverwinter guys on our team now so nice yeah um so 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 anyway i guess uh you know we decided that avalon is our secret puppet master because he got me in touch with fargo he got uh, <laughs> got kevin in touch with fargo uh you know it was he he helped organize this whole euro gamer thing that made it possible and you know i'm just thinking that he's some sort of behind the scenes puppet master <laughs> <laughs> he's pulling strings all over the place Exactly. And as a, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, we were trying to figure, Monty and I were trying to figure out the other day who, you know, who was responsible for all this. And, well, you know, I was trying to say it was him and he was mm-hmm. trying to say it was me and we were trying to maybe say it was all, also Avalon. Mm-hmm. And then we decided it was Lorraine Williams, former owner of TSR. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, so then... How did you get involved with Monty and decide to bring Numenera into the mix? Well, once uh, once Planescape was off the table, uh, we needed to figure out, uh, you know, we needed to come up with a good setting. Um, for a tiny little bit, uh, I thought that maybe I would be able to do something like that. Um, and Adam and I were kicking around uh, an idea um, for a game that was based on a story that had been kicking around in my mind. And then we were like, you know what, this is not Tormenti. 
what would be tormenting? Oh, hey, wait a second. Monty's doing Numenera. Hey, Adam, <laughs> go check out Monty's site. And Adam came back and said, oh, my God, I love that. And I said, awesome. Let me find out if Monty's interested in licensing. And uh, I wrote to Monty and I said, you'd be interested in licensing? And he said, sure. And I said, let me introduce you to Brian Fargo. <laughs> Very nice. I bet that was a fun meeting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was really nice for me to see it happen. I, I feel really good about this. Good. Well, you should. It's yeah, uh, I think a it's lot a of people that do. <laughs> yeah, a marriage of two. It's it's honestly it's like those old Reese's commercials. It's like <laughs> put your chocolate <laughs> in my, my peanut, peanut butter. butter. <laughs> no, your peanut butter's all over my chocolate. That's what Numenera yeah, so, torment is. And you, you know what I want to know is who who sits on a park bench eating peanut butter. I, I do. Is there something wrong with that? Yeah. Okay. No, I, 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 I don't judge. <laughs> um, so, well, yeah. So obviously, and you have a, a history with Monty, worked on Planescape with him. Uh, did, did you guys have a, other projects you worked to, or did you just keep in touch through the years? Um, yeah. Um, for in, uh, I guess it was 2000. It must've been 2003 because I was in California working on it. Um, he uh, he got a hold of me to see if I would be interested in doing something with uh, with his imprint, Malhavic Press, um, and we we worked on Beyond Countless Doorways together, which was sort of a a reunion of the Planescape team. Um, it was me and Monty and Ray and Wolfgang Bauer, um, and we just you know threw out a bunch of planes for people to adventure in. So that's a good uh, transition piece. So so your your relationship with Monty you worked on. Uh, the the book with him. So tell me about Numenera in the game, because obviously most of our listeners are, are approaching it as they're fans of the Numenera role playing game. Uh, and obviously, based on your number of backers, I'm sure fans of the computer game as well. But those who are into both um, probably are very interested in how Numenera that setting is really going to take shape in the game. So um, first off, obviously the title Tides of Numenera. What exactly are they, and and how do they affect the gameplay? Uh, well, from a from a mechanical standpoint, uh, the tides are our answer to the alignment system. Uh, we we didn't want to be constrained by exterior notions of morality and ethics. So we wanted to be, you know, since since, since torment is a personal story, uh, the, we wanted the the alignment system to come from within. Um, you know, because Monty Monty has described the difference between Numenera and Planescape as being not so much about belief, but about action. You know, the world becomes not what you believe it is, but what you make it. And so we we wanted the tides to reflect, or we wanted our alignment system to reflect that. Okay, so the, the, the theme of our game is legacy. And so we examined what are the, what are the things that people most known for in their lives? Um, you know, power or acquiring, you know, acquiring power or justice or their passions following their art or, you know, anything like that. Um, but we, we couldn't come up with exact names that would define these without, without attaching all the baggage that came along with them. So for instance, if we said, okay, well, your blue tide is the empathy tide, <laughs> people would be like, oh, empathy. Okay. Well, I understand that empathy is this and this and this, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to listen to any definitions to the contrary. <laughs> uh, so, so we, we just color coded these things and said they encompass concepts like this, but they are not all encompassing. Sure. Um, so when, when you pursue a certain course of action, it will affect your tides and that will change the course of gameplay as well. It'll change how people react to you because even though the tides are not, uh, you know, widely known throughout the world, even though people don't, uh, necessarily recognize them, 
for what they are, it will affect people subconsciously. Oh, cool. And it like will it. affect the items you find and, uh, you know, various, uh, you know, various psychic people will be attuned to it as well. Now, will this be a choice you make at the beginning or will this be a continual choice between the, the five tides? Oh yeah, this is this is this is uh you know this this is you telling a story and building your story through the tides. Very nice, very nice. It reminds me. I know there's lots of games that have kind of a kind of a good, better, best like reactions in uh you know the scripted uh, dialogue type stuff. Um, I'm actually thinking about uh, uh, Oblivion's Alpha Protocol, where where it's the spy one, and they have three specifically different reactions, and and one is themed on like james bond one is themed on 24's jack bauer and, and the other is themed on uh jason Bourne to have kind of three takes for kind of the spy reaction is that yeah kind of similar or um kind of yeah i mean i, I think that what obsidian did with uh, with alpha protocol was uh was really good and people people are noticing that more throughout the years right. um and no, I said but, Oblivion, but, I meant Obsidian. Thank you. Oh, sure. Um, but we are we are actually going to be providing not just stances, but like full on full on dialogue choices. Good, good. That sounds fantastic. Um, well, cool. Um, well, again, with the tying in the 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 role playing game, uh, Monty has this great concept for this kind of a simplification, but doing a lot with a little uh, with his kind of character creation idea of the the character statement the i'm a blank blank who blanks uh, um does the character creation in this game kind of mirror that yes um or, or, we are going to be oh sorry go no no no. go ahead um okay so yeah what uh what we are what we are talking about doing right now is uh you will have your when you crash to earth at the beginning of the game um, you will go and essentially, like at the beginning of Ultima, uh, Ultima four or I guess five, six, you know, whatever the one with the virtues was. Man, <laughs> can't believe that just totally dropped out of my head. It's been a long week. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, so anyway, you know, you, you start the game and you you, you pick your virtues, mm-hmm. um, and essentially that's what we're going to do. Except we're going to do it through play. Um, oh, so nice. you'll be figuring out. You're going to be figuring out what your type is through that. You're going to be figuring out your descriptor is through that and then uh possibly unlock one of your foci through that hmm. however we are going to be allowing probably you to switch your focus throughout the game um depending on what your tides are cool hmm. very cool very cool yeah, yeah no, so like we're, we're we're breaking monty's rules there I, I hope he doesn't kill us for that <laughs> <laughs> all good no that sounds uh very good and you know and obviously tying into the character creation you know part of Monty stretch goals was an app for character creation. Is there any possibility of having some way to kind of port a character from that to the game or vice versa, or is that kind of out of the realm of what you guys are looking at at this point? Um, you know, I would love to do it. Hang on. Let me ask my wife. She's working on the app right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you think I'm joking. I'm not. No, no, um, no, 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 okay. no. We assumed you weren't actually. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I read. Uh, I read she was a developer and also a rocker, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's actually how I met her. Um, I met her because the you know, here's personal detour time. Um, I met her uh, when the database for Planescape Torment crashed right before Thanksgiving. Um, 
I was I was due to go back to Wisconsin to hang out uh, with my family up in the woods in northern Wisconsin. And Fergus said, Colin, you know, the database has crashed. We need you to re-enter your stuff. And I was yep. like, ah, I've, I've just had a really, really bad yeah. five months personal life. I just need to get away from California. Okay, fine. Fine. I'll <laughs> sure, do this. Sure. <laughs> I'll do it. So, yeah. So I, so I went to, uh, went to a, uh, went to a Thanksgiving hosted by Chris Brenna, uh, who was the former drummer for Nine Inch Nails. Um, and he was producing uh, Robin's album. And so she, she and I went into his studio to talk and we came out and everybody was gone. <laughs> and we're like, how long? Were we? we were in there for four hours talking. Wow. Nice. Wow. Um, and so that, you know, I basically met her because of a database crash. <laughs> nice. Um, but, a nicer guy. Su- right? Such a love story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it turned out that uh, you know she was she was not just a musician. She was also an incredibly intelligent musician uh, who was actually supplementing the musicianship by being an engineer, um, a software developer, an engineer, and she was uh, the president of an internet incubator. Um, and that's actually how we moved out to Michigan as well. Um, so she's just, she's just incredibly smart and she keeps me really humble. Cool. Because Good. I'm like, yeah, I'm smart. I'm not, I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. There's her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta have the yin right. and the yang, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, on the other hand, she's a terrible speller. So. Yeah. So that makes up for it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. If we ever have a spelling bee, it's on. Well, well, we'll we'll expect to get that answer from her later. But um, <laughs> so but, but, yeah. So so sorry, sorry. So so back to the actual question. Um, I don't think we're going to be be able to port into Newman or the uh, tides of Numenera in from the app, which is kind of sad. We're we're talking about uh, you know various ways to port out from the app. However, so cool, hmm. cool, cool, cool. Okay, so. Um, now this is an important one to me. Uh, setting, I, I think that the two prong reason why I'm into Numenera um, is is the, the really innovative storytelling mechanics that that Monty has put t- together with this. But then also this incredible setting that he's really just kind of given us glimpses of thus far. Um, so, so I would love to know if you know will there the areas that are dealt with in the computer game, the, the locations, the the places, the people, the th- things. Um, eventually, if not originally, end up in the books, um, you know, for the role-playing game? Um, possibly. Um, you know, Monty has talked about possibly uh, incorporating the tides into a broader uh, a broader Numenera thing as well. Um, you know, we didn't want to step on his toes with the development of our area and be like, hey, Monty, by the way, I know you said this about the steadfast and the beyond, but here's how it actually is that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are going to understand about it. So, you know, your books, your books can kiss it. Yeah, right. Um, so we, we didn't want to do that. So we are we are setting our game uh, beyond the beyond, basically. Um, hopefully we'll have some tie in there. I know there is at least one backer who is, you know, high tier on both uh, on both our game and uh, and on Monty's. And we are going to do a crossover for that, I believe. Oh, that's cool. And I, I hope that I'm not spoiling any secrets there. Uh, and if I am, I totally apologize to Monty and Kevin, but ah, it's out there. <laughs> That's good stuff. No, and the reason mostly I asked is uh, I, I backed the uh, Pathfinder online and 
one of the things they did early, on the early on portions was actually produce a source book about the areas that that would be in those games. And I, I thought that was a great tie in to really keep the kind of cohesion behind the game and, and the role playing game. And, and uh, definitely if I, there have been many games and uh, Planescape Torment, as a matter of fact, where I, I would have loved a, a source book. And there probably was because you, you guys were really basing it off the original game, but stuff that would allow you to play a game tabletop wise in an area that you've just explored in a, in a computer game. That, that, yeah. And the, I was oh, sorry, say, that, that being said, I would also like, I mean, personally myself, I would love to see things like, you know, key NPCs written up for it to be used in the game and, and things mm-hmm. like that. I, not to, not to distract from our current topic, but I love that. Like, like comics are doing that a lot now, like the D and D comics, how they'll have like the, character written up in in the back of it and all that kind of stuff. I think that's really nice because then you can mm-hmm. take that and go, okay, I got this character. I got an NPC. I, I got a, a plot idea from the game. I can use this guy and, and totally go off with that. Yeah, that's uh, that's something we were talking about doing. And again, I don't want to make any promises oh, for sure. you know sure. stuff Absolutely. that we stuff that we haven't put down. But that is something that I, I'm I'm pushing to do. Um, oh. I would really I would really like to see that happen because I think it adds an extra layer of attachment to, you know, both Numenera and our game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it ties yeah. it ties together, like, the people that actually do the tabletop role-playing and the people that actually play the actual computer games that maybe not cross over at certain times. I think it kind of will bring them even closer together. Sure. I mean, yeah, that was, that's... well, I was just going to say, that was one of the appeals of Dragonlance to me back in the day was, you could read the novel and then you could get the module with the actual stats of the guys you were reading. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and Monty's Monty's working with us on this project now. So maybe, you know, maybe we can convince him to, you know, do something for that. Stat him up. Not, yeah. Exactly. Not that I'm trying to push you into anything, Monty. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a possibility that we're excited about the possibility. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Um, so, one of the big things again that that really inspires me about Numenera as a tabletop game is that the focus is on discovery, not killing a bunch of things that look mean. Um, yes, there'll be some of that for sure, but you know, discovery being the primary drive to move up. Um, in the game, are you guys looking to? And I'm I'm trying to phrase these better. Are you looking to keep that spirit and have? discoveries be part of the mechanism to help a character quote unquote level up. Yeah, that's actually, that is going to be uh, as with the tabletop system, uh, that is going to be our primary, our primary mechanism. Um, you know, I, when we, when we go through the question of what legacy do you leave and what, what does one life matter? If you're going through your life, convince it, you know, every life matters that you're a pacifist that you don't want to take a life. We don't want to say, well, yeah, you know, sorry, dude. But if you, if you want to get any stronger, you gotta, you gotta go waste some dudes. <laughs> nice. uh, I'm sorry. You know, that's, that's yeah. how the real world works too. If you want to get any better, you got to go stab a guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't tell you the number of guys I've stabbed. So I, I get what you're saying there. <laughs> I know. I mean, man, I, what do you, what do you think it's taken for me to stay in the industry for this long? <laughs> that, that's uh, the only explanation. Colin. <laughs> yeah. I, had to I, kill I've many a dragon. I've left a trail of the dead. <laughs> they weigh on my weighs on my soul. Their screams haunt me at night, but you know, it was worth it. Yeah. And that's where the title torment comes from. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so anyway, so, you know, we, we thought 
if if your if your your legacy is that you want to be a pacifist, why do why do we want to encourage that? I mean, experience points really are the pellets by which we guide people and say this is the activity we want you to want to encourage. Sure. And when you say when you say and therefore we want to encourage you stabbing people, you know, oh, and by the way, you can be a pacifist, but you're not going to get nearly as much from that. We're basically saying pacifism sucks. Uh, um, and that's, that, that, that's not where we want to go with this. We want people to explore what their character is. We want them to actually really sit down and think about what does one life matter? Yeah. Uh, so we, 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 we really want to push the, push the cerebral aspects. That said, we are not trying to skimp on the combat because, you know, a lot of people really love that aspect of sure. games. I mean, yeah. I, I know that I sign on mm-hmm. to games and I'm just like, okay, I just gotta, I just gotta stab some guys. Yeah. yeah. I just want to kill yeah. a couple things and then get right back off because... That's how my day's been. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we, we we don't want to we don't want to skimp on that experience, and we are working really hard on a good combat uh, system for this. Very nice, and, and you know I loved hearing that too because it, a good example of this. My wife, you know, is is fairly new to some of the, the worlds of the stuff that I play with, and she's like, you know, for being such kind of a pacifistic, you know, anti-war, anti-gun thing, you sure are into a lot of like killing stuff. You know, when we're watching my five-year-old's watching uh, or six-year-old now, he's he's watching Star Wars and, man, there's a lot of guns in it. And, you know, I'm a big yeah. fan of G.I. Joe and, and other things. You know, D&D is pretty pretty violent. So it, it's hard to mesh those two. So it's nice to see a game, Numenera, that has that element, but it's not the drive. Exactly. Exactly. And there's a lot of really cool, really potentially violent stuff. Stuff, but at the same time, there is also just a total sense of wonder that you can explore and really get into that. And you don't have to kill anybody to get to that. That's nice. I like it, and I think Very that's nice. great. Yeah, and and I think it's going to bring a much deeper depth to the game too. In that having that different way of approaching things, and uh, I wish more people at table games would would approach some of the stuff that way as well. Right, but you know, and on the other hand, you know you. You know, you don't really get experience points for. Hey, guys, I just, I just totally stopped a war from happening. Yeah, yeah. There should right, be. Well, here's, there yeah, here's, here's your, here's your hundred points for yeah. you know your diplomacy skill check. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. So, um, what, what about Monty set, setting of Numenera are you most excited to play with? I am a huge Gene Wolfe fan just enormous i you know the the book of the new sun makes me i i am so jealous of the the skill with which he tells a story the ability for him to just throw out any any idea and be like ah, you know it was cool but it's not central to my main point so moving on yeah yeah I, um, the exposure to that from some of uh monty's early sorry. comments uh, has really brought me into uh, to pick that up, and and I'm beginning to see exactly what you're talking about there. Yeah, I'm I'm reading uh, I'm reading Book of the New Sun again, and there is a bit where Severian's climbing down a a cliff face, and he's just seeing the eons beneath his hands of you know the stuff that has just collated and collected throughout the years, and he's like, wow, and there's just all this stuff going on here the detritus of hundreds of millions of years and i'm really excited to dig into that so to speak yeah yeah good stuff uh eric you have any uh follow-up questions or or anything we kind of glance by that you want to call out oh no i i've just been uh tossing them in there as i go (laughs) so 
I'm super excited about the game and, and we still haven't reached the, the 3 million on the total here, obviously with the PayPal, you're there already. So uh, we'll, we'll keep monitoring uh, the game. Uh, actually, I didn't even tell you this. Uh, when you guys hit 2 million, I actually had a group on our uh, ninth world hub site, the uh, Numenera fan site that I started, we were on a chat room and we were, we were all kind of counting down together to you hit 2 million. So uh, you have a group of fans that are, uh, I'm sure beyond the group that I know, but still who are very much supporting your success and uh, eager to see the finished product. And, and we know it'll be some time off, but uh, I hope you can keep in touch with us and keep us appraised of some, you know, updates when you can. But uh, very thrilled to to have talked to you tonight and to share in this experience. And, and hopefully our listeners will also uh, continue to back and maybe put a little bit more into to help continue to make the game the best that it can be. Cause I just can't wait for it. Um, and I am, I am really happy to be here and talking with you guys. It's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate the opportunity and uh, you know, we're going to run into each other at Gen Con. So. Oh, great. Fantastic. Well, there you go. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, speaking of Gen Con, I, I have confirmed I am going and uh, uh, can't talk about too many specifics, but I think there are going to be some really nice Numenera stuff. So if anybody hadn't already planned and still have some means capable of uh, getting there, you should attempt to. Um, and check out the the game if you hadn't already. I, I guarantee you it's going to be worth whatever you put into it. Um, the guys behind it, uh, as you can tell from what we've talked about tonight, have a great resume of fantastic top-of-the-line top stuff, and this game is really going to be stellar. So uh, thanks again for being on Con. Colin, thank you, Eric, for, of course, you know, being here as always and uh, doing your thing. Um, did you want to throw in any uh, kicking it forwards real quick or are we good? I, I It's been such a rough week, at least for me. Um, I haven't had a chance to look at many new ones, but sounds like Colin may have something. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is actually uh, the, the Freeport one. I don't know if you guys have been talking about that one or not. Uh, the, the Green Ronin Kickstarter. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Oh well, all right. Old news. Sorry, but it's, yeah, it's only got it's only got only got eight days left to go, and uh, you know they, they still need some more. They still need some more. So I, I hope that people will kick in for that one. Absolutely. You know, uh, I, I don't know. I should have prefaced it. We've been running a, a bit because of Numenera's success on Kickstarter, and you know the kind of concepts of kicking it forward. Um, and, and since Eric's such a big supporter of a bunch of stuff. Yeah, they're they're short of their goal. So uh, if anybody can contribute to that one, that would be a, a very good one. It's uh, Green Running has always done great stuff. No, oh, yeah. Uh, well, and free, free point, Freeport's very. I mean, it's been out there for several systems, and it's it's proven itself. I think it's 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 good stuff to have. Yeah. And who doesn't like pirates? I mean, come on, you can never have enough yep. pirate stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So definitely contribute to that one uh, for sure. Oh wait. Uh, I've I've got I've got one more as well, if yeah. I may be permitted to pimp oh, for a family please. member. Sure. Uh, my my aunt is doing, or if you prefer, my aunt. My wife just busted me on my pronunciation of that today. I apologize. <laughs> uh, it's the way it was the way I was raised. Don't judge. Um, anyway, my aunt is doing a uh, a chocolate sauce called Grown Up Kid Stuff, and it is so good. It is seriously the best thing I have ever put in my mouth. 
Wow. Don't quote uh, me on that. Yeah. That was, <laughs> was, <laughs> okay. There's another sound bite to have. That's going to go in the description for the podcast, definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's now our new title you know for what? this podcast. Let me, hang on. Let me, let me record something for you. This is Ninth World Hub. Seriously, the best thing you will ever put in your mouth. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, uh, the Kickstarter uh, kicking it forward has been important to us, and, and we love highlighting those. I'm glad you brought up Freeport, and we'll definitely check check out your aunt's uh, chocolate. That sounds cool. Uh, I love the concept of Kickstarter and, and all the various things that it supports, but like obviously our heart is in gaming, so uh, yeah. I'd love to see what a re- renaissance it's done for a lot of gaming and uh, hope it just continues forward. Uh, and speaking like- of gaming, before we get off of the subject, you had – uh, a couple books uh, for the Oathbreaker series uh, that you're behind, right? Uh, that's correct. It's a uh, it's a series of fiction I've been working on for a while. Um, you know, I obviously had to put that a little bit on hold right now. But the the first one is a story that is also set in a future world. Uh, you know, semi post apocalyptic uh, about a a cybernetically enhanced knight who discovers the corruption at the heart of his empire and that lets him break his unbreakable vow. Uh, and it's the story of how he tries to get away and the rot within the empire. And it's essentially, uh, you know, the Howard Zinn version of a fantasy novel, as opposed to being told from the point of view of the nobles and the kings and, you know, all the fancy knights riding around. It's being told from the point of view of a taverner uh, or a sailor or a shepherd. Very you know, cool. and Yeah, how they how they interact, essentially, as <clears throat> as bit players in the in the big web. So that's, that's my pitch. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sold. Uh, definitely uh, check that out myself. Uh, First book is free. First book is free. Oh, excellent. It's it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's the drug dealer model. Yeah. Right. I, I need to fix that analogy. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) First taste is free kid. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, uh, well, again, thank you so much for being on. Um, we'll definitely keep in touch. Uh, and if there's anything else uh, that uh, we can do, and if, if anybody who's listening to this is coming via, uh, you know, Colin's involvement in the, the video game and are interested in the role-playing game, uh, aside from our previous episodes of the podcast, especially episode three in which we interviewed Monty, um, you can find out more at ninthworldhub.com. It is the fan site uh, driven for Numenera uh, the game and uh, got over 130 members now. And uh, we make sure to have any bit of news relating to Numenera in there some way. Um, and we're trying to build a community. Uh, and it's, it's amazing to see a, a really strong community forming, uh, international community at that, uh, before the game's even released. So um, please join us there and, and uh, everybody's welcome. Uh, it's, a, it's a great, great group. I, I endorse this idea. Cool. Please, please join. Cool, cool. So if anybody else has anything else, uh, we'll sign off here. But again, Colin, a real pleasure having you here. And thank you for your time and good luck on in your endeavor. Uh, we can't wait to see the result and wish you nothing but the best of luck because it's just going to benefit me because it's going to be a great day to play. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much. And, Well, I I seriously really do appreciate you guys taking the time out of your night to do this. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for the good wishes. We're we're hoping that we can deliver for you. Fantastic. At that, everyone, we'll sign off here.
The Transmissions from the Ninth World podcast is not affiliated with Monty Cook Games. It has been produced under the Creative Commons license and is for entertainment and information purposes only. Music provided by Kevin McLeod. Transmissions from the Ninth World is a proud affiliate of the D20 Radio Group.